0: Hi there, Giel here. This is Can You Feel It? episode nine already of the first series, because I think we have to come back with a new series. If you would like us to come back, well, feel free to share which DJ or producer you would like to have here on this show. And thank you so much for sharing the content because a lot of people there are just starting with uh, Armin and Ferry and Don Diablo and Let Back Look Well, the whole series. Now it's time for a guy here, uh, he lives in Amsterdam, he used to live in the east of Holland, then in The Hague, uh, in London. He's kind of like the Dutch founding father of Progressive House, Sander Kleineberg. He's talking about how he was on the loose, this this complete new journey in brand new music. It was like a counterculture he's talking about. But suddenly it went commercial and he made a, that's a really funny story, he made a Duff Punk sound like, and it completely tanked. Yeah, the DJ live took his toll. Uh, He's talking about his classics, his remixes, and he still has some ambitious goals. Enjoy it. Sander Kleinenberg. It's the music of millions of people all over the world. Electronic dance music. In Holland, we call it house music. It was my history. It was my youth. These were my records. Who am I? I'm Giel Beelen, a Dutch radio DJ and I want to share and explore my musical history with you together with the biggest DJs. As you probably know, most of them come from Holland. Why is that? This little country in the west of Europe. And how did they all start? Can You Feel It? it? The story of a Dutch DJ from the bedroom to the festival. Check this out. This is going to be a dance trip down memory lane. Uh, met Sander Kleinenberg, with Sander Kleinenberg. Yeah, uh, y- y- you made this joke with your label. Like, what was it Little Mountain?
1: Yeah, Little, little Mountain <laughs> Recordings.
0: But... but. Uh, I still I
1: still get, like, people who go like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, like, of course.
0: Oh, that's great, dude. And how... <laughs> uh, but how do they pronounce it, like, Kleinenberg? Yeah, they say Kleinenberg. Kleinenberg, yeah, okay. Depends where, where you are. Uh, our native language is Dutch, but for this podcast we'll speak English, or at least... I'll try. Um, but for our Dutch listeners, uh, do you still have some specific Dutch things? Food, for example, you always you 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 still want because well, of course, we are now here in Amsterdam, in your own studio, yeah. in your own uh, house, actually. But well, uh, you you you've seen the whole world. Is I, there I, I, like I, a specific Dutch thing? sometimes a little zakje uh, drop sake drop <laughs> comes with
1: us on the plane,
0: yeah, yeah drop Love yeah it. drop
1: is that like, and and people when you go when you try and make an American go and, and taste specifically when it's like a double salted like real yeah yeah, yeah. like they just go like, guys, <laughs> apart from black peat you're you're seriously deranged if you, <laughs> if, you, if you think this yeah. is this is nice exactly. You know? Just, you just, just it. imagine, about you know, yeah. thinking about like that little black, you know, salty... It's weird. Yeah,
0: that's for us, is, yeah.
1: And for us, it's like, no, that's normal, just like Black Pete. It's like, yeah, yeah well, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, no. No, let's uh, not go there. No, But uh, <laughs> I was wondering that, well, in the dance music, the drop is a whole other thing.
1: The drop is another thing, yeah. correct, yeah.
0: But, okay. And uh, let's start with the EDM, the earliest dance memory. So... Uh, you already were a DJ playing several kind of music. I, I started.
1: I, yeah, I started in eighty six, eighty
0: seven. Um, oh, that's this little cat. Sorry, what's his name? We,
1: oh wow. Okay, this is uh, this, no, is, this mi- is this is Milky. This is the drop. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is Melkia. Oh, he is uh, found uh, on the street not really. near uh, a bar that was called Milk Snore. Oh, ah, Milk okay. Mustache. So we call. <laughs> well, our youngest daughter called her the Milk. Milk, yeah.
0: Okay, um, so yeah. So, yeah,
1: no, so started uh, back in 86, 87. And um, nice. the DJ that uh, that left my school, my uh, high school, um, became a friend of mine because uh, I was interested in music. And then he, um, you know, moved on to a different school. And I, I had still two years to go. And he's like, you should take over my job because he was the, the high school dj the prom dj he dj at all those okay. parties yeah, that, you yeah, know yeah. that we threw once a year or twice a year at that at school yeah where you get your first kiss and stuff and uh and it was kind of, it, it was cool because it, it, it was um it was a job that not only entitled like djing at the at the gig but it was like buy the records so the the school would give you like you know wow. 25, 25 guilders and you would have to go and buy the hottest records so you have to wow be, yeah and you had to be Quite careful what you what you yeah, buy, yeah. you know, because they have to, have to stand a test of time, yeah, and 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 be in the collection for you know. So it was it was a great job with lots of responsibility, mm-hmm. and uh, for me at that point, and um, and then I moved on to becoming a DJ in a club. Um, on the brink of turning sixteen, I DJ at this DJ at this club, which was like fifteen kilometers on a bike outside my uh, my my uh, my house my parents house and um and that's how it kind of started
0: and that yeah. was in delft near rotterdam no this
1: was literally i mean i grew i was born in delft yeah uh, but i uh, grew up in twente oh okay. and uh, the so the city around. i lived okay. was almlo all right uh, and the the little village i DJed at was called frieseveen which is um yeah which which is which like i said which is which is uh, around the corner from uh, yeah from um
0: Okay, so you were playing, uh, well, wh- wh- what was played uh, in that yes. place? Yes, exactly. So I
1: played, yeah. like, a- anything. Yeah. You know, just top 40 music. Yeah, exactly. And I would moderate, I would talk to records, you know, I'd go like, hey, welkom in Bar 65, weet je wel, Lisa heeft vandaag de verjaardag, weet je wel, daar gaan we allemaal een op drinken en uh, verder leuke avond. And any, and, request? Uh, any request? Any request? And I would play, I would literally play, like, classics, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it was like, a uh, uh, yeah, the village bar, so it's like... Everybody would would come there between you know fifteen and 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 thirty five or, or even forty five and and you would ha- so the 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 idea was you have to entertain all those people uh, so I would have like ten minutes you know the, the the bar owner was like you can have ten minutes of playing um, uh, heavy metal yeah. you know and I, it could be like the last fifteen minutes of the night you could play certain records like yeah. Anthrax and some other wow. shit that they loved and then be- you
0: know so so it was. Really, like, sort of please everybody. And, and so then this, well, new kind of music came.
1: I mean, house music it made its entry into uh, mostly through uh, there was sort of like a, a left wing radio station. Not a left wing, but it's a difficult thing to explain to, to people who don't live in the Netherlands. But I think one of the uh, uh, fundaments of, um, uh, of the success of, of Dutch DJs. Uh, was its radio stations because we had uh, what's called uh, uh, every sort of signature that we have in society in terms of um, religion or in terms of political uh, the, the, uh, um, color yeah. uh, would have its own... Uh, Broadcast um, company. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and some of them uh, were quite sort of, you know, on the left side of things, yeah. like on, you know, and, and uh, uh, specifically... Uh, um, uh, a company called VPRO, and they would have the Wednesday, and Wednesday Wednesdays was like I I don't know, it was like a couple of DJs probably uh, from from around Amsterdam that would that would broadcast what they would think was the, you know were the hottest records yeah. in the world at that particular moment. Yeah, and they would play anything from obscure, uh, weird sort of German um, uh, industrial music to. Uh, new beat from, from Belgium which was yeah. like this new sort of uh, electronic type type music but they would also play punk records from London and yeah. mix it all together and that that was probably the first moment where, where I heard electronic music played and uh, the first place where I heard electronic music played
0: Do you still know a song that you were listening like oh this is, this is I think
1: uh, there was a one uh, record called Taste of Sugar Taste of Not really sure what the band was called, but it was a new beat record, yeah. Okay, and uh, that was played on on that somewhere around eighty uh, seven. But you would also have, and it this was, was more p- a Belgium thing. It was I a thing, yeah, 100% yeah, Belgian yeah, thing, one hundred percent Belgian thing. And uh, uh, I, I had no idea what the. the I just in, enjoyed listening to it, and yeah. they would play Craftwork, and they would play okay, yeah. um, Tangerine Dream, and you know, somewhere sort of like obscure electronic. S- sort of pre-electronic, you yeah. know, bands, yeah, yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode, and and within that, uh, the mix of of what that Wednesday was, uh, I think, I think it was called Villa Achterwerk. Yeah. I think that was the yeah, yeah. the program's name, and his name is Ron. So uh, oh, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the, yeah, one of those guys. You yeah. probably you probably know them or, or yeah. Um, but that mixed with what Ferry Maat did on on the Thursday, uh, which was he would broadcast on the Dutch radio, which was a different station, a bit more commercial. Yeah, uh, I think it was Tros, yeah, uh, T R O S, which is a. Uh, yeah, a bit more, I guess a bit more right wing, but he played club music from America uh, on Thursday nights and he had done for a while. And it kind of sort of was in that phase between disco, R&B and house music and with producers like Teddy Riley. And uh, it was an incredible, an incredible time because mm-hmm. disco was kind of dead, but it was kind of morphed into this new thing, which is really exciting. Um uh Pettibone, uh, uh, yeah. some, some really great producers. Uh, and he would have, at, at 8.30 every Thursday night, he would have a thing where a Dutch DJ would come in and do a mini mix. So he'd do 15 minutes or, or 20 minutes of a mix of the hottest club records in the world at that particular moment. The Bond van Doorstad. The Bond van was the BVD. Yeah. And it yeah. was just, the BVD stood also for Binnenlandse Veiligheidsdienst. I mean, everything about it <laughs> oh, was yeah. just, you know, oh, yeah. everything yeah. about it was just <laughs> oh, wow. incredible. And I, as a... Uh, you know as a as a young enthusiastic sort of n- curious uh, mm. dude uh, would get all these messages from from the radio on f- wednesdays and and, and and thursdays and then try and translate that into fridays and obviously meet a lot of resistance because it's like when i played taste of sugar or played new beat in yeah. that club for yeah. 5 minutes yeah. you know a couple you know i'm it's like a rural area so some of these Let's say you know, farm, you know, farm people yeah, that would come yeah. up to me and go, like, dude, what is can this? you play UB40? Or yeah, because yeah, this is yeah. this is not even wow. music, yeah. you know. So, um, not to say that I then felt like, oh, yeah, I'm onto something, but it was that was the kind of first yeah. sort of step into me morphing into who I am today and that struggle of convincing people and going like, Yeah, but you have to listen to this because it's like this is a new way of 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 getting a message across and it's brilliant, and and um it's the start of a journey.
0: Yeah, and and was there uh, in in that time, so in the years of, of the Netherlands, also a time when you thought, okay, now I'm going to do a whole set of this new... No, there was no, no way. No, no. I no, think no, the no.
1: owner of that club gave me like yeah, yeah, 1.15 okay, so minutes. minutes. Okay. Yeah, and I had uh, a real raver back in those days would wear Doc Martens and weird, uh, uh, it's, it kind of looked like a... It kind of looked like a punk looking back at it now, but it was like, yeah, you would wear Doc Martens, have a smiley T-shirt on, yeah. and then I would have, you know, two or three accomplices on, you know, with me on that night, and they would be around the DJ booth and they like listen to the pop music they had to play for ninety-nine percent wow. of the time, and they just waited for that one moment where that one record would be played. And they could like act if they would be on in a rave for those ten minutes. Yeah, and that's kind of like how how it started.
0: And you were still at school, I guess.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although when I started DJing, I I it, it wasn't very long after where I was like, okay. Was yes.
0: there a specific moment where you thought, okay, I'm going to be full time DJ? Uh,
1: that's a good question. I remember calling my dad, but now we're going fast forward. Okay. okay. Uh, like fifteen years later. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, um, I had a record out in 96 that became a, uh, an underground hit record or club record in, uh, club hit in, in New York and Strictly Rhythm uh, wanted to license yeah. it. And and so I got a call from my um, record label and they were like, Strictly Rhythm wants to license this record. And I remembered going like, all right, okay, this this is it. So I called my dad and I'm like, I think this is a career.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, but let's... let's but that's, yeah, it's 15 years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, let's take a, a, a small step to um, yeah, to to the moment you were becoming the guy who played house music all night long. I mean, where, where was that?
1: Well, so so, you know, I was eighteen, nineteen, and um, I was experimenting. You know, I was, you, you know, um, the, the you know, the, I I would smoke hashis and I, I I I would hang out with a a sort of. Um, sort of like a group of people who try to sort of be live, you know, live outside of, you know, what, what everybody expected you to be like Mm -hmm. in a, in a normal situation. And I experimented left and right with, um, with drugs. And, uh, I got, I got inspired by, you know, this thing called ecstasy, which back in 88 and 89, a bit later, I guess around the, you know, the nineties was an incredible, I mean, it was like, you know, this, just this, this incredible journey, uh, that you just had to be a part of so i did for a while and then that kind of journey sort of made me go like yeah i'm not really interested anymore in pop music i I just want to be you know involved in this incredible journey that that this mixture of all these elements can create, to, you know, for people. And, and
0: do you, do you, uh, did you go to uh, uh, parties? I, yeah, or, no, I or, went to,
1: uh, yeah. actually, yeah, I went to raves. I went to see West BAM in Germany. Okay, it was like wow. a, one of the early DJs in, yeah. uh, in, in Germany. And I saw Swen back in those d- days, also in Germany. The, the Almelo and Frisefein, the, 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 the villages I, and the city. Near I grew Germany, up in are yeah. really near Germany, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. kind of the focus point for, yeah. uh, for when you would go out and, and party and um it was like an, an emerging thing you know um and uh i fell in love with with that culture i fell in love with with everything about it and i fell in love with and taking my dj uh heritage with me into that culture and understanding that you know you, you could mix those things together um and i dropped out of everything like i didn't have any regular dj jobs anymore because no. i was too sort of you know i was just too involved with with dance music but then again yeah. in my sort of the place where i grew up no one was interested in okay you know, a DJ that didn't, you know, moderate the records or no. or or play something else than than just dance music. It was a really alien phenomenon, obscure uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: And 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 when came, uh, what was the moment you thought, okay, maybe I'm going to try to make it? Well, in in so
1: I started producing music, or at least be involved in in, in the production process. I was sort of part of a clique of people yeah. that that, uh, that that I grew up with. Um, that that were all in some form interested. Like one was a promoter, and one was a drug dealer, and one was a <laughs> you know what I mean. Is <laughs> yeah, like and the yeah. other one was a, a fellow DJ, yeah. and and then and someone and then someone else was more involved in in, in the production side of things. And yeah. then we we all knew, you know, like a like a like um, a. Um, 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 it's, it's in dutch it's called a weg which it means like a the community center yeah. that that we would all hang out in and that that you know there would okay. be one local community center employee that that was interested in, in 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 recording music and you know he had a mixing desk and so slowly and but surely i got i got introduced to all these different elements and then i remember um there was a a producer from rotterdam called ricky the dragon and he would come with his mpc in the back of his car and he had to flee rotterdam i I think there was probably something why he had to ended up in almelo but he was there probably to hide from from something or whatever and and um i remember vividly he had an mpc 60 uh you know which which you could compose records and and had multi-track media possibilities and um i remember i was like oh and he was like do you want to learn i was like yeah yeah you want to, he's like well first you're gonna clean my car so he gave me a real oh, sort shit. of yeah he gave me the real sort of like old school sort of like oh you want to go somewhere well then first you gotta you know do me something and then i would have one hour on his NPC and sort of slowly get my way around it he'd show me some tricks you know and, and sort of made me sort of be able to wow. look into his kitchen
0: so what was because I know, you know one of your first releases was with a, with a group of guys.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so 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 then I ended up we 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 ended up making some records. We ended up traveling. We ended up in Antwerp, and we ended up in Hamburg, and uh, hung out with just hang out in studios. No, I mean, things. yeah, hang out in studios, or, uh, but and, and, and also and uh, go to parties. Uh, and, th- and, th- 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 and there was a club in Antwerp called um, Café d'Affaire, which yeah. was like yeah, an incredible. And have been there. Yeah, Cooney and Steve Cox, I believe his name was, and. There was a, a record store there called USA Import, where you would buy the hottest records in the world, and so there was this whole just yeah. just this this environment, scene. this yeah. scene, yeah. yeah. And and it obviously was 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 super small and very underground. Um, and I ended up releasing a record on Wonka re- Wonka Beats, which was like, I mean, that was just like a dream. Like, a, was that know. the first one on Wonka? Yeah, it was the first. My first wow. re- my first ever record was released on, on Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that i had a release on superstition in hamburg Which was also like a super legendary, but uh, but but label.
0: You, You're going a bit fast now because you made the track with with some friends, yeah, and then friends. you sent it yeah. to a label, yeah. And, yeah. and the scene was so small, it was like okay, we're going to release it, and I mean, I guess I guess they liked yeah. what they heard, you yeah, know, of or
1: at least they thought it was <laughs> decent enough to get to, to have a release, yeah. yeah. Maybe they enjoyed the energy that we brought in, or it, they weren't they, they didn't end up specifically becoming you know big records. They were okay, you know, uh, um. But the, yeah, I guess they felt like yeah we, they should be you know this, there's a room there's a room for this so the, so they gave us they gave us at that point uh, a, a little platform and a little sort of like hey you know here here's a here's a little ticket.
0: And what was the scene like uh, during that time in the Netherlands in, in 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 the whole world? I don't know where, where you. I mean, well,
1: to to me, I mean, I obviously only knew i mean this is pre-internet like years yeah. pre-internet yeah. so i mean even calling antwerp i remember my dad was go like dude you have like we have a 700 guilder uh phone bill like how is this <laughs> possible and i was like well maybe it's because i was calling my friends in in germany and in and in and in belgium yeah to make a deal or to talk about something or yeah. to help each other you know a and r record or whatever it was it was quite yeah it was, quiet. Yeah, it was yeah it was crazy times it was like you know riggedy cars and and kind of like a yeah like a counterculture type of yeah, thing yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. i was literally on the you know on the loose i was yeah there's a certain type of freedom so so that's that what it was and everything that connected this was was the music yeah. you know and the experience and and uh what what a what a club could bring you and what that journey could bring you and got to understand this is like brand new like did I, yeah. it hadn't happened before so no. it was
0: it was you know so, and and well now we're going to the moment that uh, the Strictly Rhythm release was there.
1: Yeah, so I ended up uh, living in The Hague. Um, and, um, uh, started you were like studying
0: then? or was
1: it No, just no, it was just music kind of, yeah, sort of brought okay. me there. And I had these releases okay. and it was kind of like a slowly sort of like, hey, this is maybe something. And then I got a few gigs and then slowly, slowly. And I was like, well, maybe Omelo is not really the best oh, place okay. to be. So I made a move and yeah. ended up in The Hague. What was yeah.
0: uh, what was the Hague like? Was it with exposure and I yeah, don't, it was yeah.
1: exposure, which was a, uh, a, a, club. a legendary club, yeah. uh, um, uh, truly important in the in the foundations of of, uh, of Dutch uh, dance music, I believe. And yeah, and then the Hague was always um, a really interesting scene because it um, Amsterdam was always very quickly a little bit more glamorous and a little bit more uh, outgoing, and uh, it had obviously a really flamboyant gay scene, which was yeah. you know for the, for DJ culture. Uh, immediately also quite an outlet to be to be a part of but also kind of restricting because it kind of sort of directed you into a certain direction because they would you know the gays like to have some sort of flamboyant music as well you know directing them and and helping them um and then the hague um was a bit more i guess a bit more techno and a bit more industrial uh, a little bit more industrial like rotterdam rotterdam was obviously way more industrial and you could hear it in in the music, like hundred percent. Like Absolutely. Dimitri from yeah. from Amsterdam would be like quite soulful yeah. and and uh, with with vocals, and then Speedy J in yeah. Rotterdam uh, would be yeah. like you know yeah. dark and sparse yeah. and and, and uh, uh, yeah. industrial. So I started being involved with the label. The label started releasing my my, my records. I ended up in a duo with a DJ from from the Hague called Steph Froelich, and we had a uh, project called SNS. And yeah. in '96, we released "You Do Me Wrong," and it was my first you know, hit record. Yeah. So it was the first one that traveled
0: around the world, and I didn't know back then a Because lot. that's that's how it worked, and other labels re-released it.
1: Yeah, it, it was all territorial, because yeah. obviously pressing up a vinyl yeah. is quite costly, and then shipping it all the way around the world creates like a, an increase because shipping costs are involved and back then it was even more than it is now and so an import record would be yeah. 25 us dollars mm-hmm. for instance and then if you would have a home a record that was pressed at home it was 17 so the difference was enough for labels to go like hey you know what i'll pick up this record yeah. i'll pay the difference I Press it for you and i'll press it for you yeah, yeah. i'll stick it on my label
0: yeah i never thought about it but it, that was really nice because you had a lot of records on. Um, several labels oh on what label you have it oh no i have it like on the first label yeah uh, the import and yeah yeah. no
1: and 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 as a matter of fact like eric murillo back then as real to real made remixes of this particular record okay and i remember back then i had eric murillo on the phone which was kind of like a a weird thing because eric murillo back then was already like a yeah. like a big name yeah, because yeah, it's real to real. and he had just had that hit record. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. And like he had a lot it, of other it.
0: really great projects on strictly with him. So that's early nineties then? So it's mid 90, yeah, ninety six. Yeah, 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 yeah. So having Aaron Marilla on the yeah. phone
1: and I was like, Oh my god, this little Sander from Almelo, you know, and he's yeah,
0: yeah, he's yeah. he's
1: on the phone with this godlike figure, you know, this this like, you know, and uh so all of a sudden, like I saw myself moving closer to that what at once inspired me so much, you know those little beams of radio that got to me and inspired me of who I wanted to be and who I ended up being, yeah were slowly be, you know becoming closer and cl- closer to my own reality, and I started beaming back, i guess you know and then it was like
0: producing and djing uh i mean it was this this
1: particular record was like a good stepping stone into into the next phase i um i remember I got really inspired by what happened to the whole, whole scene around that time because uh, bands like Underworld, uh, Daft Punk, uh, Fluke, Chemical Brothers, they all yeah. came th- through the ranks at the, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And and th- it was so inspiring, specifically when Daft Punk broke through. It was like, oh, my God. I mean, I had already uh, seen and envisioned you know, that the DJ could be and this scene could be something special, uh, but it was still sort of... It was still a counterculture and it was still underground to, yeah. to, to a certain extent. And then all of a sudden Daft Punk was like, well, but we can actually also make it fashion. We can make it overground. We can, we can, yeah. we can, ha- we can take over the world. And, and then, you know, forward, you know, l- l- late 90s, I wanted to be a part of that. So I did a really ambitious album on a French label that completely tanked. Uh-huh. And it really, like... Under uh, Sonic Landenberg. Yeah, yeah, under my own name. And it was actually the first time I started producing Under My Own Name. Okay. And it was really, like... I had done it with, with uh, you know, with Steph and with yeah. other people. And I'd always sort of be in a sort of, like, a Kongzie with, you know, like... So it was like, like, like con- a
0: kind of filtered disco... Uh, yeah, like. it was
1: kind of like a filtered disco, but it but it wanted to be everything. It wanted to be sort of, like, and, and the Chemical Brothers and... Uh, Punk and Leftfield. Is it still and online? It can I find it? Yeah, you can, oh, find, you okay. can find it online. Okay, yeah. so
0: so what? Uh, <laughs> do you still remember a track? Yeah, of course you do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was a record called "Penso Positivo." Uh, I remember working in Paris back then was incredible because hanging out with. Uh, ludovic navarre and Mm. like um a lot of people from the french scene who were really really yeah strong at that particular moment was very learning learning yeah Jacques and i remember uh, hanging out with daft punk and and arm of helden at the rex club and it was really like wow and i remember the a and r that that became uh, one of my great friends was in the bidding war to sign daft punk uh and so it was it was to be so close to something so incredible it was very very great Uh, but my album completely like it bombed like it didn't do nothing and i kind of sort of came back to the netherlands going like you know i kind of sort of ruined my opportunity i I had invested like a lot of time and effort into becoming uh somebody that i wanted to be yeah and i came back to the hague kind of with a with an illusion you know i wanted to say with an illusion poorer, but that's really bad translation but but i was i was yeah i i i had uh uh, yeah, I kind of sort of like, I went out there and lived in Paris for a while yeah. and recorded that yeah, album, yeah, okay. uh, signed big deals, had like dinners with the, the director of Polygram yeah, okay. France and yeah. stuff like that. And then I came back to the Netherlands and... Um,
0: so you went back to The Hague, yeah, and then felt then a-, a little depressed. Yeah and then and then i made my lexicon exactly <laughs> yeah. that was what i was thinking <laughs> yeah then, no then uh, yeah. you made up like you 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 came up with actually a new style because the whole uh yeah the, well correct me if i'm wrong but i think the whole uh, term progressive house didn't exist
1: no, yeah, no. Progressive house, surely. Uh, oh, just, okay. Yeah,
0: I really want to say no. It didn't. I made oh, it yeah, up. No. I thought that, that <laughs> though, in my uh, in my head it was no, like no. That, it but. was actually it was funny
1: because uh, some. That's obviously that record is seen as a you know one of the pillars of what progressive house ended yeah. up becoming. And yeah. for sure, progressive house became you know the dominant form of dance music, and, and it and it created the biggest stars in dance music at that particular moment in time. But it mm-hmm. was, I mean, it, it, for a long time, it, it was already kind of happening. I think um the mixture of, of of uh time and place and stars and um the the traveling aspect of djs the the rise of global underground as, yeah. a, as, a, as a platform yeah. and that all sort of helped into catapulting this into becoming you know the dominant the dominant form of of, of 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 dance music at that particular moment in time and so when I made my lexicon um I was never really aware of the fact that it you know it it would become you know that sort of like stable of or 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 fundament of a new of a new sound like i mean and even today like people send me messages i would never have expected that but it was a very exciting record to 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 be working on i remember finishing it uh, Jorn from Spinning Records, one, one of the biggest Aars yeah. in, in the Netherlands right now, maybe even one of the biggest Aars in in, in dance music. Yeah. Uh, was an intern at the label uh, that I made it, and he was the first one uh, at nine in the morning opening opening up the the doors of the of the office. Yeah, and there was like four studios there, and one of those studios uh, was my, was mine, uh, and he, I. I um, he was like, are you, are you already here? And I'm like, no, I'm still here. But you have to, because <laughs> I'd worked all night on it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, you have to sit here and listen to this record. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was very, very exciting. And he still <laughs> noticed
0: it, like, wow, this is... Still, yeah, no, yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, this is oh, incredible. Great.
1: And then, and then, but you know what, I think success is... is Always has um, uh, many causes. Like there's not, not there's never really one no. thing that you no, can point course. out and go like, oh yeah, that's because of this. It was a mixture of of time and place. The people that I knew, uh, the people I at that particular moment also hung out with. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I hung out with Sasha quite quite yeah. a lot back. back it's back, kind back of a then. Sasha
0: track it totally is yeah. he put
1: it on his on his uh, global underground yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he put another record of me on on global underground called sacred and then i was like okay and then i created it into a, a four track ep yeah. and so it was, you know everything was kind of sort of like yeah it was it was the right time and, and the right place to come up with with that record and and i, I can only look back and be very excited yeah. uh, of what it was it, it's also i'm not going to lie like for a long time i i was really uh, so, something that sort of pushes you so high can be can be kind of a burden as well and of course like, because
0: you want to make uh, my lexicon too
1: well yeah either that or you want to move away and sort of <laughs> you know and yeah, just yeah. be somebody else because yeah. you're i think de- and that's the whole struggle that you always have as a as a producer or as a dj as a dj i, I want to evolve and play what i think is fresh and yeah. new and forward thinking and pushes this whole thing forward and then, as a producer, sometimes you make something that captures time so well that it sticks with you forever. But it kind of fights with yeah, the, yeah. the fact of because being you're what, growing. what is being a DJ yeah. all about. Yeah. So, so but lately, I've been listening to it, and uh, my wife as well. She comes to me and goes. Dude, that, that's actually a really good record. And I'm it's, like, it's okay, classic, okay, man. it's a good record. Yeah. No, and it, so it's not a bad record. on top of it all, it's also not a bad record. It's like it's pre- it's pretty, it's pretty decent.
0: Yeah. What uh, can you still remember of that time? Because uh, well, the, my lexicon, uh, my lexicon became a big hit. Uh, you became like I think was that the first uh, whole uh, DJ Mac list? Uh, yeah, then? absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, two years later, also and because of the dominant sound. You have to remember, like DJ Mag lists are consists of five djs that you can choose from yeah uh, so it's like oh sasha's number one well who's sasha's you know biggest yeah, yeah. you know who's <laughs> so. and it's like oh well we'll put sander on too yeah not, not, not they never probably heard me but they you know they was just well, like yeah, oh. yeah, yeah and it's the same now it's like yeah. oh, i love david Guetta. oh yeah well, we'll put Afrojack on you yeah, know yeah, 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 or, or yeah, yeah. the other way around or yeah, you know what yeah. i mean it's like that's the so, dominant sound always delivers the most the so most djs well,
0: yeah because of that mention some 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 places what were yeah, you you went to Ibiza for the first time. I can imagine. I mean,
1: the whole thing just exploded. It yeah. was literally from like as if the light was was turned on, and and um, America, uh, London, um, DJ agencies uh, signed me up. Uh, the scene exploded. Yeah, uh, under the wing of that sound, yeah. it became an international phenomena. You know i was the first dj to dj in jakarta and uh in pakistan and just just wow. the, the weirdest places where I would, yeah. you would go as a, you know literally as a pioneer you would you would Absolutely, end up yeah. bringing your records and and so yeah kind of everything started from from press to uh, the recognition and Radio One um, gave me a BBC, uh, yeah. yeah, gave me a few awards for for their uh, for for you know essential mix of the year. Yeah. and So this whole thing just yeah just. But just, it
0: wasn't that that well organized and as big as it is nowadays. No. So um, can you still remember like a gig where you played and and uh, well. Things went wrong in, in 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 a funny way. If you look back now, do you think, oh my god? Uh, 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 no, yeah, of
1: course not. There's many gigs where I would be in a car for three hours in the jungle of Colombia. Okay. And then you get there, and it'll be like, well, actually, the, the you know the the the, the, the military just oh, raided the really? whole place, and they oh say, yeah, god. yeah, and it's like, yeah, and actually, wow. the, the party was thrown by uh by so and so and such, and he's now uh, arrested and. <sighs> Never to be seen again, or uh, d- uh, DJing in Beirut and 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 hearing a bomb go off, and oh and, and uh, have have uh, the start of some some really b- bad times actually in, in in the Middle East, and wow. the, or in Juarez in in Mexico where you you would hear uh, gunshots, but also obviously the greatest, yeah. uh, you know. Now i <laughs> not all a war. Few, no, no, <laughs> no, it no. wasn't all war and, and disaster, <laughs> but just the the scale of it was, yeah, it was and the the, the leap you know, so to yeah. speak, for me, was incredible. And to be honest, it, it took quite a toll on me emotionally. and and imagine. And, um, and being the first and being like a guinea pig of w- what it meant to live in four time zones in a month. Mm-hmm. I don't think, apart from maybe some pilots and, and maybe some politicians, there, there weren't, this is 20 years ago, I don't think there were a lot of people who no. lived that lifestyle. And um, the world wasn't really connected as it is today. You know, the, the I couldn't just uh, call your your mom no, would no, no, be like, no, no. Ha, you know a fortune or you know the, yeah, yeah, expensive yeah. or yeah. cell phones didn't really particularly work everywhere it was it was quite it's quite the journey and quite the the road to but pace, if you, you say
0: know? it uh, like this there was a moment when it almost went wrong or no absolutely yeah, yeah no yeah no absolutely i okay. i
1: uh yeah no i had a hard time uh emotionally and and psychologically to deal with the repercussions. I remember the internet obviously also blew up mm-hmm. in the same sort of era. So message boards and uh, the notion of, of fans or people who follow you, the sort of direct interaction yeah, yeah, that, yeah. So that it was you had quite new. It yeah, was yeah. totally new, yeah, and yeah, it, like okay. I had no defense system to no. someone from no. Toronto saying, "Yeah, dude, you suck. You oh, know, you, yeah. you were really great two years ago, but now you suck." It's like, whoa! The, I'm just you know trying to. I'm just a dude who's trying to do, you know, it's like, it was yeah. really, uh, it was, yeah, it was quite, you know, and, and apart from that, I made like more money than I'd ever <laughs> dreamt yeah. of making. Yeah. And, and that came with, uh, you know, lots of responsibilities that I also was never really, had never really anticipated to deal with. No. Uh, I was just chasing a dream and,
0: yeah, I, and I, suddenly you became Yeah. And all and, of a sudden uh, it's like this
1: mad, mad, yeah, mad yeah. ride, you know?
0: And, and, um, yeah, what you, you stayed here in Holland still in the Hague or you... I, Yeah, I
1: ended up moving to London for uh, oh, yeah. uh a good a good couple of years like a year and a half and um um which was great but it, I kind of missed my my studio. I uh, was kind of depressed living there because I didn't have a lot of friends and uh yeah, that didn't really feel that well, I guess. Although what I do v- have great and fun memories of is, is touring in the uk because that was that was a, a lot of fun like the the uk has has a great music scene yeah, and, yeah. and going from newcastle to liverpool to manchester to, yeah. to just everywhere was 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 really a treat um but musically i mean i it, you have to imagine like like i just had mentioned mentioned the the studios were meaty um I was really used to that studio that I that I made those records yeah. in, and then all of a sudden I was on on an airplane. I, you couldn't bring <laughs> a, a MIDI studio on an airplane, not, you no. know. And 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 laptops were like you know twenty <laughs> oh. minutes, yeah. uh, and then your battery was dead, yeah. you know. And and yeah. they couldn't do no. you know a, a percentage of what what you can do nowadays. So no. being on the road kind of also meant that that um, creatively you would be in a standstill because you couldn't kind of sort of keep. Evolving,
0: uh, so it was like, or you were producing, or you were like. Well, sorry. for instance, yeah, yeah, and yeah some yeah. some
1: of my colleagues were like, you know what, I'm, I'll just use a producer at home uh, to continue working yeah. when I, when I'm when I'm on the road. And I was like, you can't do that. That's okay. cheating. You can't like have a what what you have a producer at home, okay, who yeah. works when you. But that's not you. Then that's then someone else. Somebody else, you know. So it kind of sort of those things that are now like normal and mm. understandably so. Like, yeah, of course you're gonna work with a producer or with an yeah. engineer or somebody who helps you. Progress, process that into. Back then, I mean, I I remember the first DJs with tour managers. I mean, me and like all my colleagues, and we were like top twenty DJ men We're like the fucking biggest DJs in the world. We we would we would look at a few of those djs and go like, "You heard that, dude? He has a tour manager." Like, honestly, how sad must you be to have a tour manager (laughs) carrying what to carry your records around? This is the saddest thing ever. You can carry your own records, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of like the attitude that we had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And then, obviously, now the whole so the way that it all professionalized and the way that it morphed into today um, started then. And obviously, that's the way to keep a brand in the air, you know, Mm. and that's the way to keep things going. And and so this whole struggle, this whole identity, this whole sort of um, being pulled between, sort of what it takes to be um, um, an international brand with recognition, um, and also be having sort of the um, the kind of sort of peer um, acceptance or even the peers um, um, sort of the, you know the sort of idea that you're still cool i don't, I don't know how to explain that but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of balance between what the pressure what, yeah the pressure of, yeah. of what all these elements want uh, were very very uh, strong and it and kind of sort of pulled uh, the scene in two parts and one of them really learned how to adapt with that and 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 changed and morphed it into uh what it became but a lot of people were were, were totally stuck and yeah. they like okay well we don't know how to adjust we we can't give up our principles uh you know we can't give up our our cool so to speak yeah, to, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to 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 stay relevant in that journey mm. um and uh, but i we mean everybody found yeah everybody found their place yeah, and then, and then the the most interesting thing is during all of this, there was another revolution going on, which was the digital revolution. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like producers started making music with just just a just a a laptop. Yeah, and and it's just just like you can't have emotion from a laptop. Like you have to have the machines, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the machines, yeah, yeah. man, you know, just like what the drummers told us. Like yeah. you can't have emotion in in the in the in the samples. We were like, but you can't have emotion. If you don't tweak the machines, you know it has to be some sort of like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 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 that sort of whole cycle sort of re- repeated itself, and I think I think digital the the way from a, from a, from a sound technician point of view, the, the way that you produce within a digital environment is definitely different from uh, um, producing in a in an analog or or yeah. a MIDI analog environment. Yeah. You. It's almost like as a painter in an analog environment, you there's somewhat more freedom, and you can kind of get away with a few things. And in the digital environment, it's just a lot more mathematics. Yeah, it's it's less freestyle. It's yeah. it's more yeah. sort of you have to be structured yeah. and you have to be clean. Um, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's no no wonder that people like Dead Mouse and the nerdy nerdier type sort of dudes became like these like superstars. You know, because it was like that approach, that sort of real um yeah, like almost like mathematician, mathematician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, approach yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was really was what, what was needed and and remember you know sasha was like a bona fide pop star he was a rock star you know yeah. he was like doing loads of drugs and he was like yeah, yeah, he was yeah. like a Body fucking guy he was like yeah. a god you know yeah, what i mean Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's how he was seen and then yeah
0: so um i don't know what you know because you made that uh, track so the fruit is like is that with a lot of analog stuff or is it like digital only because it, um, so- it sounds of course but that's house music it sounds real digital.
1: Yeah, well, funny enough, so so I ended up uh, working with a, a a bunch of producers to to maintain that sort of identity. Yeah. Uh so I I'm I moved away uh from being in control of my own destiny because I had to hire other people to 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 maintain that qual- that type of quality. Okay. And yeah. not only the type of quality but also the um the, the output just, just generally like the, yeah. the, the time and the, the
0: because you were touring because it was just touring uh, yeah. and it's
1: like there was no way I could do all things no um, and I, I would end, end up being in the, the the studio with them you know till like four in the morning five in the morning but that could be a th- from tuesday to, to thursday yeah and then on friday i'd be on a plane again uh, going somewhere yeah uh and then they would continue to work or yeah, i yeah. would hope that they continue to work but it that, that was so the fruit was a process
0: with a lot of guys that's what the, you're so saying the fruit
1: was a process with with uh the guys behind lsdj and the oh. guys who ended up becoming dash berlin oh. and uh and I, it was really it, it, the timing was perfect because they had done LSDJ and they uh, their approach was a bit more commercial yeah, and a bit yeah, more yeah. sort of um, Uh and I wanted always wanted to do to do that type of music but I ha- had never really had the structure no. and they ha- they were very structured yeah they, they were you know. You know, they'd be like, okay, it's nine o'clock, let's go to the studio, yeah, you yeah, know. And, yeah, yeah. and 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 I was just like, it's 12 o'clock, I had to be at the studio at nine, <laughs> you know. That was more that's more my sort of approach, yeah, yeah, yeah. but us together was magic, you know. And the fruit, I think I always wanted to make um a record with a with a rave sound, with a Gabber mm-hmm. a, a Dutch sort of rave sound, but I wanted to make it funky, I wanted to make something that uh. Uh, so I, I, you know, I brought in. I just, I guess, I brought in all the all the juice and all the the flavors yeah. and, and the, the, you know, the John Fugler, who's the singer of Fluke, and and brought him in for the yeah. vocal and. Uh, and that they were just structured enough to to give yeah. it the 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 direction that it ended up yeah. becoming. And I'm then you very were very,
0: a track. And you said, "No, a bit more of that high sound." And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no,
1: exactly. No, yeah. and,
0: I mean, and and obviously
1: musically, I mean, I can play. I can you know I can do anything yeah. uh, that I want. But in that digital environment, they were just they were more organized. They were more they were more structured. Yeah, and uh, that resulted in that record. But you have to imagine if you make my lexicon, and then four years later or three years later, you release the fruit. There's a lot of people who are going to go like, okay, dude, like what happened? Yeah. Like you were this like melodic god, you yeah. know, making these like epic yeah. trance records, yeah. like uh, like
0: you know, like we mentioned a, f- a founding father in yeah. progressive and, and, house and, and music, I know, yeah, exactly. And then, and then it was more like, well, do you call it electro? I think so.
1: I think it was. I mean, it, for me, um, you see, to me, I mean, it's, I mean, may, and, and I don't want to say this in an arrogant type of way, but my lexicon was something that sort of morphed from. Um, something that already existed, like there yeah. were records around that already sort of like touched and, and directed, uh, yeah. and yeah. yeah, and had some sort of. So it was like ins- it was an inspired record yeah. by a scene and by a direction, yeah. but the fruit was truly, I believe, fresh. I think it was a, It morphed, just so many things together, and it brought so many things together, and not only the UK and, and the Netherlands, but also uh, GABA with 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 uh, massive work. It was it was just uh, it's a record I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, because it it, it was so, it was just so. F- I mean, it was
0: fresh. You you can still play it. It's like timeless. Yeah, and and uh, I know what you say because My Lexicon is a classic. And in a sort of way, of course, classics are always timeless, but it's it's really like the sound of that moment. Yeah. Uh, and and I know you might, yeah, there were some remixes later on, and yeah. the song is great. Yeah. But, yeah, the fruit is, uh, yeah.
1: No, and I remember Pete Tong playing it for like 18 weeks straight on Radio 1 was the fruit. really, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. that was really something. I really felt like, okay, I have really hit something um, really exciting. Yeah. But then, but then I got you know carried away and then like uh, you know uh, touring again and picking up paychecks yeah. and da, da 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 and then yeah it's just uh, uh, got yeah maybe yeah. I should have stuck to that for a bit longer I I should have should have done an album or something more with that so, sound, yeah with that yeah sound, yeah, 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 I, yeah I probably should have yeah but um well, I did this is Miami not too yeah. too too long after that and that. Did well it was never intended to, to be released it was literally a record i wanted to play at ultra miami and that was oh, uh, that was that's, uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what that record was about and it was kind of like yeah i'm not really sure if this is i i kind of knew that that record was really a sort of goodbye to you know underground yeah, yeah, yeah. accepted sort yeah. of culturally relevant you know this <laughs> is like truly like this is like a parody record almost this is not t- t- uh and i was i was really happy with it because because it, it made so many people so extremely happy back then yeah uh pre-internet again you know the numbers at the moment don't really reflect what that record did at that particular moment because it was a fucking big yeah, it was a yeah, big yeah. big tune and um um and i and, and to be honest really like i got lost like at that sort of 2007 2008 i still had a lot of success in in america uh But by the time come 2010, my identity was like I got so much sort of backlash on of people that sort of went like, yeah, well, he used to be amazing. But now Mm -hmm. he's like, "Uh," you know, which is understandably so. I like I don't I have no hate towards that. But I was just like, honestly, on a journey trying to sort of find who I am while everybody was watching, you know, and that's like and there was and the innocence kind of sort of like yeah it kind of hurt me yeah I can imagine. like my girlfriend is um quite famous in 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 social media and uh um, she she's 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 going it's funny how the parallels are because social media is obviously coming through now in the last three years you know influencers have become like the yeah. new djs and yeah, it's like you yeah, know yeah, they yeah. become this oh, whole and it's yeah. kind of funny yeah. how a lot of the same sort of uh, moments repeat itself like how the world sees these people uh how they react to that uh, how they deal with the pressure and how, and it's just, it's it's kind of like the the, yeah. the the same here i i at that point at that point was like okay i just i just i just need to start all over again at some point and then um but then again you also you're not 20 you know so no, it's no, like no. It, was, it was and quite and
0: and the whole uh uh yeah i think that was the moment uh edm wasn't electronic dance music anymore it was like a genre no dude i yeah so, I, 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 I i remember
1: uh uh calvin harris calling me you know calling me a week before his first show in in pasha like it, that was his yeah. first d de- you know his first dj uh show back in uh ten, i guess it was and yeah, you had and a it, resident there? Yeah, I was a resident at, yeah. at Pasha on Fridays, yeah. and he would call me and go like, "Okay, I'm so excited. We should do a record together." And I was like, <laughs> you know, "Kelvin a, Harris, Kelvin, you know, dude, not now, man. I'm so busy <laughs> at the moment, you know." So, wow. it, so it's like, no, no, no. The the the, the respect was was hundred yeah, yeah, uh, percent mutual. Yeah. But it was like, I'm just trying to. What I'm trying to po- point out is that uh, from from David and everybody else who sort of like stormed through and became who they became. They they just, they were they were they were obviously they took this whole thing to 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 a place where um i can i can bring it anymore like my juices and my energy were were, were, were just ended right there and then so and in and, it, and, it, and it, in a way it's a really if people ask me like hey you see martin garricks do you feel any sort of like you know not hate but do you feel yeah, yeah. like oh it could have been you or yeah, you yeah. should have done things different and i'm just like no i think i think when i look at martin garricks i'm like i'm really proud of what what he is because i know that parts of him uh, is built on a fundament that I've been a part of. Exactly, and that's something to be extremely proud of. Just just the fact that I have been able to be so close to something so relevant and that have, that has touched so many people is is an incredibly humbling experience. And
0: oh, it's great. Uh, that's that's <laughs> for the listeners, and it's more for I don't know when you are listening or watching this, but uh, before we uh, started this podcast, we're here in your studio and yeah you you uh let me hear some of your new stuff yeah and that's uh, yeah it's 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 so refreshing and it's so the build-up to what we are talking right now because it's still uh yeah it's still new and it's oh yeah people have to hear it but it's coming Uh, yeah (laughs) when i'm talking to you now i'm like oh wow this is such a great story it's, well, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, and if it's not, then it. Uh, yeah, right, if it's but, no, yeah. it's, listen. In you the you, end, you have to you, you do what you have, and that's that's the difference between like a salesman and uh, a, a real artist. I think, right? Is if you have the real, uh, yeah, the, not, not only the passion; it's like the need to yeah. do, uh, yeah. what what you feel is is, is yeah, the, the artistic, No, ab- uh, no, hundred yeah. yeah. percent.
1: But but also a lot of people that don't uh you know we have to understand that there's also people who 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 crash and burn in that uh and i am fully aware yeah. of the fact that there's a does there's, there is people with that ambition who simply don't have the, the the you know i in the end of the day i obviously i've been fucking fortunate you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that i would have never oh. held possible happened to me and in, in, in my life and uh but I've also, and this is, I can truly say, and I think I'm old enough and wise enough to to say I've never taken it for granted, and I've always used that energy to yeah. keep on pushing, yeah. even if it wasn't into a direction that maybe the world didn't want to go into. But for me, it was it was a really rite of an amazing rite of passage, and 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 gave me all the tools that I have today to raise my children, to yeah. make music, to keep innovating and keep doing me. You
0: know. But if you say it like this, I I, I, I have to mention it. Besides his, uh, of course, personal problems, and uh, every person is another person. But if you say so, you can really um, understand what happens to a guy like Avicii. Absolutely not. I mean, dude, I knew him uh,
1: when he was working on levels. You know, he'd send me the demos back and forth. We would be on iChat, like, uh, and and it's like I knew him for for specifically in the first two years of it when he broke through. Uh, i remember ash and him come up coming up to me and going like dude because we dj together at some festival in utrecht of all places and i was in between hardwell and avicii it was just two kids like yeah. who are these fucking yeah. kids this like 16 yeah. dude 16 yeah. like hardwell was like literally mm-hmm. 16 And he's like i'm such a fan and i'm like you're amazing you're like and i'm like dude like go do your thing anyway and uh, Avicii playing there, and um, I think he just released. He hadn't released levels okay, yet. Okay, so you but kept, he contact also, yeah, him. kept contact. with Yeah, kept contact, and you know went on tour in hmm. uh, Australia, and then we obviously uh, hung out on on a few occasions. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I mean he's 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 the same type of um, the same type of energy. You know, the same type of sort of I want to change things. You know, someone who stands on, uh, at a stage at Ultra in Miami. And goes like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be uh doing a country and western uh uh, uh vibe here that no one's p- potentially gonna understand right. and having a lot of people go woo you know yeah, and, and yeah, then yeah. just sticking to it and then having that sort of become like Grammy award winning multi million mm-hmm. um uh, grossing uh, uh uh career change is is obviously quite heavy for you yeah. know for shoulders to carry and he in in a scene that was maturing and in a scene that was sort of be- becoming uh, grown up, yeah. he he was he was definitely a victim of the greed and of the machine that just wanted more and more out yeah. of out of its stars and out of its um, yeah. front runners. I mean, obviously, in the core of who he is, there was always that sort of exactly, seed and yeah, that yeah, insecurity, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't blame the the, no. the system. No. You no, know, but, but, uh, but, like but
0: you, you call it a machine, which I, which I think is a, is a, is a good thing. Yeah. And, and, well, you had it before, but it was like a new machine. And yeah. the machine was, uh, during his time, was it was like bigger. A, absolutely, yeah, so, 100%. So yeah. it was all no, absolutely. five times yeah. Heavier, yeah. But even,
1: I mean, looking at, looking at, listen, in the end of the day, this is black music. You know, this is black music out of the ghettos of Detroit uh, and Chicago and New York. This is music that was made. It was the Poor Man's Disco. You know, and let's not forget the the dozens of of ambitious young b- black folk who who wanted to make a difference in in music mm. that also didn't make it. You know, who were truly pioneers, who truly yeah. you know, uh, you, just using like minimum resources and trying to make the best out of it. Because that's what house music is all about. Yeah. It's like it's it's a counterculture of uh, you know the poor man's disco. It's making like, <laughs> it in the garage. Yeah, making uh, it in the garage. That's yeah, why yeah. it's called garage. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about music. Um, uh, I ask you to, and, and I know with any DJs, like uh, it's, it's a random thing because five, yeah, which five you have to pick. And the funny thing is you you sent me uh, the links and I clicked on one and I was like, no, I don't want to know it. So I know one. Okay. That's and that cool. one the last one in the in the link list. And I was like, oh, that's funny because that's the name of this podcast. Uh, that's can yeah, you feel it yeah that's right oh yeah. my god yeah oh, I didn't even know <laughs> yeah. that. that's super funny <laughs>
1: okay. I went through literally 25 Todd Terry records okay because I was like okay which one? Oh, this is so crazy okay this is okay sad. let's start that. with yeah, that yeah, one because bit, the, the bit a order a coincidence no this, yeah, that's this, yeah but it is a coincidence it is yeah, a coincidence yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so th- it's a random order I guess or uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah yeah so let's yeah. start with uh, with uh, CLS can you feel it
1: I mean Todd Terry, for instance, is somebody who took um it started in eighty six, eighty seven and he took he was in the middle in between the R and B and the house and the disco, disco and it's yeah. sort of like he, he was he was he was right at the crossroads of all that. And in those crossroads he made a few I mean, records that are going to stand the test of time forever. Yeah. I met him in about five, six years ago. He went to a show of mine. No, actually, it's longer. It's about 10 years ago. I met. He went to a show of mine in Miami um, during the Winter Music Conference. And he hadn't been involved in the scene for a while, or at least he wasn't very okay. proactive or in the forefront. And he was in my booth all night, uh, just like grooving away and being very, very excited about what I did. And to me, this was just like... This was well, probably... I mean there's a few moments when people were in my booth where I was like okay this is this is insane PDD uh I had Stevie Wonder in the booth once which was absolutely wow. insane and ridiculous uh talking to me and sort of it was that was wild but this one was also like I can't believe that the one guy that I listened to back in 87 on the radio yeah. is now in my booth yeah. and grooving to to what I'm mixing together kind of sort of made me very humble and sort of very um so uh, the point is, he's a, he's a yeah he's a legend, and uh, and I'm very happy that he's that he's doing well again. And when I met him, he was in in a really great place. He, he uh, I went to his house, which was upstate New York. It was a bit sort of a rundown thing. It was kind of tragic, and it was really really incredible to see him sort of be where he is today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he took me around New York, and we, we went we went to his favorite uh, restaurant. And yeah, it was, it's 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 just wild. But uh, yeah, he's 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 just a legend. Yeah, you know, he's just won th- throughout the ranks and through all the the, the last th- thirty and, years. And you know. can
0: you feel it? Is just well, that, that's one of his classics. Yeah, but it, yeah. And,
1: it, and it's also it was a big record in yeah. the Netherlands as well because yeah. it, it had this sort of ravey, stabby yeah, exactly. yeah. uh, yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, because um, it, it was kind of sort of like ghetto electric you know um, and it was kind of un- it was like an uncompromised kind of sound Absolutely. and this, this record particularly was, was quite yeah I loved it
0: yeah and uh, of course when you made another track uh, with the title can you feel it yeah was, was like this in your head right? the, 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 the track with Gwen McRae because I don't know it, it's not it's, uh, no
1: I mean uh, listen when, when Future House sort of broke through yeah. um, and when it became a sound I was very excited because I felt like okay, this is going to be the moment where slowly the sort of really amplified EDM thing is going to be brought back, back normal, into into uh, well normal, normal, but at yeah, least well, br- brought yes. back into let's just say something that I enjoy. Yeah, um, and maybe me stepping into it was maybe weird for other people because I, you know, did can you feel it and did a big remix for Halsey and uh, Madonna, my remix for Madonna. Oh yeah a couple a couple of years ago was in that sound as well and maybe yeah. people were like well why is he so involved but I enjoyed it because it was to me I wanted to sort of help uh, create the, the warmth again and sort of put. I mean it sounds weird from an average white guy but bring the blackness I guess back yeah, into dance music and the soul yeah, yeah and, yeah. Soul, yeah. and um, it, you know very exciting uh, sound and, and very exciting to see young kids who had never heard of Todd Terry and never heard of uh, The Roots yeah be kind of sort of be introduced again to to the sound okay, so by the, means of this yeah,
0: yeah. Can you feel it?
1: and uh, maybe i should have waited a bit longer to make it no like no no, it. no, no. But, but it was very exciting almost like a yeah.
0: teacher high, uh, it, yeah it's very exciting it. yeah, yeah yeah i
1: didn't ma- i did i did realize like stepping into it from where i came from that moment there was a lot of people kind of looking at me going like Okay, well, who are you? It's like twenty-one-year-old producers, who are like oh, okay, but what? I've never heard. Whoa, so, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, you uh, know, I'm like, oh, well, wow. I've, I've been around for a bit and this and that and so. Forth. But that's cool, though. That's this a great company. and it's and it's also humbling. Yeah, uh, to be able to to to, to, done, to, to done that. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, uh, so that's what that was the first one I uh, I clicked on, and yeah. Went, uh, so, what are the other four? Well, you would you
1: would have to click. Oh, on I have to click. The, you that, know, I guess. <laughs> okay. No, no. I, I mean, I can say well, Underworld with a uh, hmm, skyscraper. Yeah.
0: So let me think about that that was the whole was that on the EP with dark and long or was it It was
1: Dubno Bass with My Head album. Yeah, yeah. And uh Underworld were you know, took uh this music and this culture, this rave culture, made it kind of intellectual, kind of left wing, and brought it to the big pop, alternative yeah. pop stages of yeah. the world. And uh it was a really great I thought it was a really great and exciting um development of of this music being morphed into yeah kind of like a more of an i mean i'm mean, intellectual is a bit of a no, maybe know, a weird word but uh, yeah it's yeah. an alternative intellectual yeah. way and yeah. and um and it was just very exciting that that music had such a such a powerful place as well um on that, on those stages,
0: and why uh, that track? Because it's not like uh, well, because the- I got
1: so high on that record. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's <laughs> that, that's
1: an answer. <laughs> I mean, I remember when, when I see Elvis, I was like, "Yeah, man, okay, I see okay, Elvis." Okay. You know? Okay, great. No, it was it's just it's just inc- that record. It's just yeah, it's just like the the. The energy is just, just, just wild in that record, man. It's like, and it's just, it's just the drive and the, it's, it's, and then 30,000 feet above the earth. It's like, oh man. And then it's a beautiful, but it's just, that's just ecstasy to me. And it just summed up everything of the nineties, like everything. It was just in that record. It was incredible.
0: Yeah. Still a great band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I clicked on uh another link. So SquarePusher.
1: Yeah. When so SquarePusher, uh Jenkinson is his name, right? Yeah. He, he um I mean he's obviously like the um, yeah, the, the just just one of those like truly gifted, wildly talented, incredible, um but totally um crazy <laughs> crazy uh, no i don't think he's crazy i, no, I think oh, he's no. just he's just he's just way forward into everything and and this record shows just how far ahead of everything else and everybody else he was he done the record he done an album called do you know scrap pressure and it's basically like nine tunes of him putting a needle on sandpaper and recording it and and then that's like you know one of the but there was this one record Which is the title of the album, Do You Know "Square For Sure, which is just, I can't even, like, listening to the record now, it, like, totally, it makes me, like, wildly emotional, and it, it's just, yeah, it's just so fresh. (laughs) And it's still fresh, and it will be fresh forever, and this is, like, pre, um, a lot of the sounds that he uses were so futuristic back then, they're still futuristic now, but... There are a few mm. producers who are toying around with them, but it was only like 10 years later when people started to fuck around with the way that he used tone and the sort of i I, I, see a, I
0: see a comment under this uh, because you sent me some YouTube links. And yeah. There's a comment, uh, I don't know if it's true, but I can... Uh, yeah, Skrillex listened to this stuff when he was younger. No, no, it's 100%. <laughs> like, it's this, this, this is 100%. <laughs> yeah. But
1: then made with... Uh, with uh, equipment, yeah. we're coming to that type of intelligent programming. Just requires. I mean, I don't even want to know how many how many hours there were in no. there. It's the same as William, William Orbit. I I was kind of thinking of using a William Orbit record. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Ray of Light is, yeah. is a masterpiece oh, yeah. as well. And yeah. uh, but I just choose this to stay on on but on, if on subject. if you now yeah.
0: now uh, now, uh, I really understand now why you made uh, the fruit. Okay, because not not that it's not a, not like a sound alike, but it's like, well, uh, yeah, you can you you can still play them both. They are both futuristic tracks. Yeah, if yeah. I no, I mean, so. yeah. No, in the end of the day, like if
1: if anything, if I uh, hope, surely hope that something is gonna stand the test of time. And if if you as an artist can be involved in something that. That, that kind of lives forever or at yeah. least for a decent long time, and that's the greatest accomplishment you know,
0: okay, I click on a new one it's like a game, but oh yeah a uh, punk
1: well when yeah. home i mean we, we, we about touched it. about it yeah, yeah we- t- touched upon it like when homework came out to me, that was also from a, a from what was possible in the scene and 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 just where the 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 limitations of, of or the, the the lack of limitations yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was <laughs> exactly, was yeah. really shown by them because they took underground electronic um yeah. um instrumental music which i also should add was incredible i mean yeah. there was a few back then but yeah. the, but there was not obviously not a lot and of played instrument- on the radio and yeah. played yeah, on the radio. Exactly. it was it was yeah incredible homework obviously yeah just opened up a whole new uh w- uh way and in a weird way to be quite honest it held like a kind of promise that maybe even only recently was fulfilled with with Duffling's recent success mhm i think the seeds of that or the possibilities that homework sort of laid out were only put into fruition when yeah, yeah, when yeah. The, when they did the the weekend and yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. um and those big Pharrell, the big Pharrell record, and
0: so then it's like already time for the last one, I guess. Yeah, and that's In Sync. So In Sync, it's the record's called Storm, yeah.
1: And I believe that the whole, I mean, that record really. I, I think it's the baseline, which is really funky. Basically, Storm In Sync is an underground record. It's like a techno record. Yeah, it has a funky bassline, um, but the record was just—it's '92 or '91—and it was just—I don't know—it was just one of those late-night jams that uh, that I just listened to over and over and over and, and over again. You played it as a DJ a lot? Yeah, well, I played yeah. it as a DJ a bit, but it was, yeah. it's very obscure and yeah, it's like uh, it doesn't really uh, gel. Right. I think it is some sort of classic. Uh, probably some big name is behind it i'm not sure uh but it but just meant a lot to me because it was it was um it was a funky bass line um so yeah it was kind of like a dubby r&b-esque sort of like mixture of of different things i i i mean i love i mean i'm a big fan of bass lines mm-hmm. uh if you listen to that bass line and uh you listen to some of my later remixes or whatever you would you would find that that type of sort of disc okay. based. is yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like is something that regularly comes mm-hmm. back to me and it was like one of the earlier sort of renditions of, of that sound and truly enjoyed it and uh, but i could have i don't know i could have done something by mauricio basic channel yeah. or uh, just yeah, yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, berlin guys dude i and to me like i had hours and hours and weeks and you know months of listening to to that vibe over yeah. and over again because it was it was so but like
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. great Okay, um, and uh, of course we talked a bit about your own productions, about about the big uh, names, the big titles. Uh, what are any other for you? Uh, yeah, tracks that you're really proud of. That that that, and 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 remixes. We we haven't talked about remixes, but first about your uh, own productions. I mean, I I, I think with
1: production um, and DJing, it, it, there's always been this battle of of what I wanted to do as an. I mean, artist is a really big word, but what I want to do as a creator, yeah, uh, and, and what, it, what, it, what it was required for me to do as a DJ or what my DJ career wanted for me, and those two were in a constant sort of friction. So, so I did, um, make a lot of uh remixes for uh, some big American, some uh, real big pop games. stars, yeah. yeah, in a time when, um. Remixes were that that was like a big scene. It was like literally like in America, there was like there was like conferences around yeah, you know, yeah, built yeah. around like the remix culture. And uh, being being a part of that and doing that was uh, was incredible. So, around 2003, do,
0: do, uh, let's, let's uh, do well, I mean, a bit so, of name so, so Justin yeah. Timberlake wow,
1: uh, remixed uh, yeah. Rock Your Body, and yeah. remixed it to number one in the billboard. Yeah, I remember the remix was on one, yeah, number was, one in billboard. Yeah, yeah. I remember Pete Tong telling me, Why are you remixing these? american pop stars yeah. like why are you taking your because it your, wasn't credible your talent. it wasn't credible no wow. and i was like because pharrell williams is a future superstar i love uh what uh all these these young producers are doing with yeah. r&b uh and i just love these records
0: um, and was it like uh, and maybe that's uh, every time uh, in another way but for example like with justin timberlake was it like okay? Here's the song. Here are the, the several lines. Do your thing, or was it no, the A and R's back then? First of all, you got paid pretty
1: decent for doing remixes. Yeah. Now it's like okay, do a remix for it's free. It's for free, it's good, good for your name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it was like here's twenty five thousand dollars. Okay, bum. Do that. Do that mix. Um, but do whatever you want. No, 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 no. no? no. It was heavily A and R, oh. specifically by the Americans. Okay, it would go back and forth. they go like, oh, change this, change that. It was yeah. like, yeah, there was some compromise oh, to wow. be made. And compromises. Were, I mean, there's a few mixes that didn't end up being released because it was the compromise is too. It's just like, sorry, I can I, This is just too much. Specifically, uh, when a chorus, which is usually a a chord change, has to be uh, be sort of morphed into a club record, yeah. it can completely destroy, you know, what a, what yeah. the vibe. Yeah. You know, because it's like the repetitiveness of of, yeah. of the same key is what what is key. Yeah. <laughs> pardon the pardon the pun. <laughs> um so yeah now so so there there were definitely oh. some uh some uh some elements of friction and yeah anr's would be would be heavily involved so so yeah justin timberlake eurythmics jenna jackson yeah jenna uh, jackson was also NERD, a big one. yeah Nerd madonna i mean the, the, it's been a daft punk there's been a yeah. whole array of of mixes and with Nerd,
0: a, uh was it be kinda, because i can imagine then if you if there was like uh somebody who has to say about it than it was Pharrell yeah or Pharrell Pharrell yeah. would sign off on it yeah yeah, yeah
1: okay and I remember uh, around that time 2003 I kind of sort of envisioned like hey you know we have to bring this you know c- the club culture into modern production like I, I believe I believed back then uh, that Justin Timberlake and me should be in the studio and make a record and like do something fun yeah uh, that could live in a club but also be on a radio mm. and I remember talking to the A&R of Justin mm. at Jive Uh, And go like, dude, but, you know, Justin should do a Donna Summer type, I feel love type of record. We should do like a nine minute version of something where he would just pop up after five minutes and do some really like, you know, and he he would just be like, dude, you're crazy. And I'm like, no. And he's like, no, management will never, da 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 will never, you know, so it's like there's always this uh, uh, uphill battle. And yeah, forward, flash, will I am, and David Guetta, and then exactly. Jive was literally. I mean, I'm Doing not sure that, if it was yeah. Jive, but no, like yeah, yeah. it then it then happened. But we kind of all sensed, and I'm not for sure not the only one. We we all sensed like someone's mm-hmm. gonna snap up some pop star and is gonna translate this into into a really great sort of you know new era of pop music. Yeah, it was exactly. it was on that sort of cusp of of it being observed by 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 pop culture uh, in a broader sense, yeah. and and. I mean, to see Calvin Harris become Quincy Jones is mm-hmm. incredible, to yeah. be honest, uh, and, and, and it's it's gone maybe even further than I envisioned around 2003, but at that point, I was like, oh, it would be so cool if Justin, yeah. you know, he worked with Pharrell and he yeah. worked with uh, with yeah. Tim- Timberland, why not do a really amazing club record, and I was even t- talking to him like, hey, you know, it should be like a white label, we shouldn't say anything about no, it and yeah, just release yeah, it, yeah, and great. then, you know, speculating about it would be a really great little buzz. Um, so, so that era was was, was exciting, and and uh, working on on those mixes was, yeah, was was a, was a, it was extremely exciting. It was, it was a Is good, there was a, a good remix title.
0: you like most, proud of not because of the big name, but just because of the fact you think, hey, that's I really made it a better song or, or uh, another. Uh, no, I think the Justin Timberlake
1: mix was yeah. pretty pretty dope because yeah. it's, and it's still kind of fresh as as you hear it now, and and um, that bassline. Although it was like obviously it was Pharrell's baseline, but but making it into uh, into into the baseline, that we morphed it into uh, yeah. It was it was was extremely was extremely yeah. fun and, and hearing. Still it Still played
0: on uh, mostly I know American radio. Yeah, they played a, a lot when it was there. I heard it like it was like on a kind of a dance channel. But yeah, yeah, no, like, no, no, for yeah. sure, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the question, uh, Holland is a really small country. Yeah. Why do you think our, our dance music and our DJs are so successful all over the world?
1: Because we are, a, um, we, we are deep into the uh, origins of the Netherlands. We are a trading nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know how to speak a foreign language to, to make ends meet. Um, we don't have a really strong, powerful uh, youth culture ourselves. So we are influenced by the dominant youth cultures around us, which is Anglo-Saxon Fran- France and Germany, and we meet somewhere in the middle. And I think that middle is exactly where uh, where where it's found. And, that's and a we, great
0: uh, answer. I mean, you really thought about this. Yeah. No, that's, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: absolutely, I have. And I think. And I think that's uh, that's 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 what why we are uh, who, yeah. we, who we are. And 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 also we we we're online we invest in uh, we used to invest or still invest in uh, in, in youth culture yeah. and, and support um, y- y- the you you know youth yeah ra- well, ra- the radio that i mentioned yeah the, 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 the open a lot of radio, of broadcast yeah, organizations yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean a lot of this has to do with, with accessibility you know or had to do with accessibility because that advantage
0: is uh, yeah uh, is gone in, yeah.
1: yeah
0: do you still have uh, any goals you would like to achieve in, in, in music.
1: Yeah, I mean in in, in in retrospect of like standing still and looking back, I am mostly most of the time looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um always oh, and I feel like I still have uh a lot to do, a lot to prove. I kind of feel like everything that I that I said today um is like a story with that still has a few chapters. Yeah. And I'm working on materializing those into music and into into something that can be inspiring a again. new
0: chapter is coming can we already uh mention the name or is it yeah like no
1: i mean i started i wanted to say before and i didn't come to the point was that you know i started you because you asked me are there a few highlights that you really enjoyed yeah. working on and i did an, an a, apart from the late 90s doing an album that didn't do really well i also did an album uh 10 years later that also didn't do really well, well although although one one tune Stood out, which was a record I wrote with Jamie Cullen. Yeah, and I remember that was you a great album, and it's, it was it was fun to work on, but it oh, it was also a lot not,
0: of uh, uh, Dutch, but of people from all over the world, a lot of singers. And, yeah, and, Oh, but a great album. What well, th- well, one of my favorites? Well, thank Andre. you yeah. but yeah. Uh, but
1: it, but it did lack. Um, it was a bit naive. I mean, because I did it on my own label, um, and we're in the middle of sort of like still pressing cds or not or yeah. are we going to go only online yeah. and yeah. whatever it was like kind yeah. of sort of lost in that whole sort of New epic era, epic yeah. uh war that 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 went on in 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 the record industry and being a small independent with an ambitious album like that and i mean i i really put all my money into 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 trying to make that happen but it was just it was just it it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be become you know the, the the thing that i hoped it to be although when i listened to Jimmy the Jamie Cullum record. Uh, rem- remember when? When I listen to it now, I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is this is actually not bad."
0: Remember when? Back then, you, and me and you know, no, and, not at all. And, and 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 so maybe it was again a bit too early, yeah. Whatever. Yeah,
1: maybe. I mean, if I listen to, uh, um, yeah. yeah, maybe I mean, it could be. I mean, yeah. But the point is, um, what I wanted to say is like the, the battle between. Me as a DJ and me as a producer or as a writer has has had become such a. I wanted to sort of b- bring it all together and be that one thing, and it's just like people just don't. They just don't, you know. Yeah. You, you can't put that all put into. It, they
0: want to put it in a box, and like if Jesus. you want to
1: sell something, you know, and you want to sell soap, don't try and sell you Know pizza because it's like soap, match- you know, it's yeah. like you're selling yeah. soap, you know, you're selling soap. Like, no, and I didn't ask for pizza. Like, you are Sandra Kleinberg, and you are a DJ, you're a and 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 you, I can battle that. And I can go like, well, but there's something really great, and sort of like, um, but I thought, you know, maybe I should just be like a lot of people, just take those ambitions apart, create different uh names for 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 different yeah. for different elements and different directions it's something i had never thought of or i I'm, n- I'm not so much of a strategist that i'm like oh you know we got because otherwise i wouldn't have called myself sander Kleinenberg. you know yeah. what i mean it's like the amount of times i had to go you know? e i n e n b e r g
0: not the best arts no exactly <laughs> I, I should have called myself sander <laughs> klein or you know yeah. something, you know, uh, <laughs> something yeah. or sander burke yeah, yeah, yeah. um last question uh, how do you want to be remembered
1: uh he tried really hard (laughs) 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 we didn't understand him but he he sure as hell tried no i don't know i gee uh that's such a powerful question uh how do i want to be remembered um i mean positive yeah i don't Uh, know i mean i want to it's you know
0: yeah yeah I can say a lot of things but well uh, everybody has has heard the whole story of you and and it, it uh, luckily enough it it there is no end, not yet no not yet Don't. so the uh, i think people will say, Oh man, he did a lot of great things, and uh he made pizza and soap and that's great <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> that's oh, 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 oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. For
0: your time. You're yeah. welcome. Sanne Kleinenberg. Uh, more episode of uh, Can You Feel It Coming Up. Share this podcast among your friends. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. Twitter is G-I-E-L-S. Oh uh, man. Oh. It was uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Ah. Thank you so much, Sander Kleinberg, for your time. What a great guy. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, share it among your friends if they like house music. And uh, if you maybe have some idea who will sponsor us, because, uh, well, we had this uh, great KRK sponsor, but for the new series, I'm looking for a new sponsor. Feel free to contact me. Uh, Twitter is G-I-E-L-S. Or you can send me a message if you have the YouTube channel or the Facebook or the SoundCloud. You will find my uh, email. Thank you so much. And next week, next episode, oh man, a lot of requests about this thing in Holland called gabber uh, music, yeah, the like a hardcore hard style kind of music. And uh, well, one of the founding fathers of that particular music is Paul Elstak. Next episode, check it out. <laughs>